Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. And I'm here to help you write better grants that get awarded, increase your nonprofit's funding strategies, and to help you transition into starting or growing a freelance grant writing business. In today's episode with Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good, we are going to dive into how to partner to grow your freelance grant writing business or nonprofit consultancy. Now, this is a question that we both get from a lot of different people as far as how do I start you know, building my network? Just posting on social media alone, it feels like there's crickets out there. One way that you can really do this very well is to partner with other people in the industry that already have growing lists and that you can learn from. And Mandy and I are giving a clear example of how we've partnered together for the nonprofit consulting conference online. This is something that we're doing together as a partnership and it's really symbiotic because we can both leverage our strengths and work together and there's just that accountability and there's the larger aspect of the network is growing. So Mandy's definitely going to dive into that today. Before we get there, I just want to give a word for our partner and sponsor, GEMS, Grant Easy Management Software. When you are managing many different grants, if you have many different clients, you need a system. An Excel spreadsheet just is not going to cut it any longer. Rachel Waterman of GEMS developed this software because she owns a grant writing agency and she needed it for her own grant. She was tired of waking up in the middle of the night going, oh my gosh, is there a deadline coming up? All of the things. So she developed this amazing software that she continues to improve and improve. And this will manage all of your grants. It will tell you when deadlines are coming up. It'll tell you how many outstanding grants are out there waiting for approval still, what your success rate is in the grants that you've already received, all of your funding source information as far as contact information, when's the last time you talked to the funding source, phone numbers, and so much more. And it even has a timer, so you can time your unbillable and your billable hours. This is amazing. If you want a demo and to find out behind the scenes if this is good for you and your consulting business or even for your nonprofit, definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash gems, G-E-M-S, and get a sparkle back into your grant management. All right, so back to Mandy. Mandy Pierce, once again, is the co-owner of Funding for Good. She has been in the industry serving nonprofits with grant writing and strategic planning for more than 30 years, and she's been doing her online business in the early 2000s. We're also co-founders for the Nonprofit Consulting Conference that's coming up August 23rd and 24th. But the early bird tickets are ending June 30th. So if you want to jump in and grab an early bird ticket, save 100 bucks, do jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 277 to find out where you can grab those tickets. You're definitely going to want to be there. Mandy has two sessions. You're definitely going to want to listen to everything she has to say. She's going to be talking about contract considerations for your nonprofit consultancy, so all the fine lines. And she is going to talk about how to start and grow an email list. She has a very robust email list of nearly 30,000. So it, she's done something right there. So she's going to tell you how to start and grow your email list. So you're definitely going to want to join the Nonprofit Consulting Conference 
to hear more of what she has to say. And at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference, we have amazing sponsors. Founded Technologies is our presenting sponsor, and our gold sponsors are GEMS, Grant Easy Management Software, Learn Grant Writing, and Assel Grant Services. Our silver sponsors include Bloomerang, Essential Bookkeeping Services, Nonprofit Brains and Brawn, Evergreen Words, NJ Web Creative, and Aztec Services. We appreciate all of you sponsors supporting nonprofit consultants as they continue to start and grow their nonprofit consultancies. But first, let's get into it today and find out more about partnerships. All right, let's go ahead and talk to Mandy today about how to partner. To help me this week, I have Mandy Pierce back on the podcast from Funding for Good. Welcome back, Mandy. Thanks for having me, Holly. Good to be here. Absolutely. And I was super excited. If you guys didn't catch her last time, you'll definitely want to get that episode. Putting in the show notes, do check it out. Um, and uh, as well as when you came on last year, because you had some great tips yeah. as well for nonprofit <laughs> consultants. So absolutely loved it. And we're really going to be, you know, gearing up you guys because it is time nearly for the nonprofit consulting conference on August 23rd and 24th. Super excited about it. We have so many people signed up. We have, you know, just nonprofit consultants coming in, really wanting to know how to start a nonprofit consultancy or how to grow. We have very seasoned consultants as well. So we have a lot of different sessions to really touch on all of those different topics and to help people really grow their nonprofit consultancies because, Let's face it, nonprofit consultants are needed out there. So yeah, so welcome back again. And I am super excited about the conference with you coming up. Me too. It's going to be great. I'm very excited about that. It's going to be a great partnership. Yes, it is going to be a great partnership. And I love that little segue because we're going to be talking about lessons learned in partnerships today. And, and you've been in this, you've been in this for over 30 years. You've been doing, you know, in the development directorship positions and, you know, really coming from that aspect, but you've also founded your business way back in the early 2000s. So this is really great that you've gone through a lot of partnerships to build your business so definitely some lessons learned along the way. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there were a lot of lessons that were wonderful and a lot of people that I've partnered with over the years. And, you know, it's just like people when they say some people are in your life for a moment and some people are there for a lifetime and partnerships are the same way. There are partnerships that will constantly be there that you will need throughout your business, depending on what the, the services are that you're providing. And there, there will be other ones that are like, this is, this is great for right now. And you might move on to a different type of um, work, or they might move on to a different type of work, or they may close as a company, or the people that you partnered with may leave and the new people don't want to partner with you anymore. There's a lot of reasons why partnerships start. And there's a lot of reasons why partnerships end and not all of them are bad. Um, and so I always keep that in mind, but I also go into partnerships now very cautiously uh, and ask a lot of questions and make sure that everybody is on the same page as much as possible, right? And I've had experiences where I didn't ask all the questions I should have asked and um, learned the hard way, the, the questions I need to know to ask in the future. Um but yeah, let's talk about partnerships. And uh, you know what? I I know that you're the, the host today and you're asking questions, but I'm very curious. Yeah. What's the first big formal, not big, but like what's the first formal type of partnership that you had that you can think back to and be like, this really helped my business get to the next step or the next level, or just you personally as a business owner, what, what was that partnership that you remember? 
Oh, that's such a good question. I love it on the flip side over here. <laughs> so um, looking back, like the first thing that comes off the top of my head is actually for my business as far as, because I'm also, I'm an author, right? And I also write fiction books. So it was actually during one of my fiction books. So what I did is, and I've always loved partnerships, right? I do. Um, but I also learned lessons as you have along the way. And this is actually, it's so different, but it was one of the, I wanted to get a lot of people to my book launch, right? So, and book launches are notoriously kind of small, right? And yeah. trying to like create like, and you put so much of your life into a book. And it's kind of funny, like how inexpensive books are. <laughs> and then, like, right. So I, just, yes. so I was like, I want to create an experience. So it really came to me to say, I, not just a book signing, but I want to create an experience and so I ended up working with different sponsors, getting different creatives on board. We had an art show. It was at a nightclub. We had um, we had a blackjack table going on and it was Casino Royale themed, right? So it was like all around this. And it was just like working with all of these different creatives, a lot of different people. Um, and, you know, and it created then I could sell higher tickets to come into a book launch. I could actually sell tickets to a book launch, <laughs> and, you know, and have like this huge like thing of like, I'm signing the books. And, um, and that actually evolved into another thing. Um, when Fifty Shades came out, uh, one of the movies came out, I was able, I also did a book trailer and that was, um, before the movie played. So it was one of the trailers that played at a movie and I was able to do another book signing there. So it was, you know, like looking at these things, like, I know it's not my grant writing business, but just the first thing that came to my mind was like, how did I think about it? It was more about creating an experience and create with relationships of artists that I knew with other authors, right. And all of that. And then how do we benefit each other? and then grow the people coming. So I had more brand recognition. So that's nice. There you go. <laughs> Little different good one. I had a, I had a book launch once, but it wasn't that big. <laughs> and yes, it was a lot of work for what yes. the book cost. <laughs> it, is. it is. Yeah. But in other ways, you know, just, I love doing, I love doing the webinars. I love doing podcasting. And really looking at though, if you if you have a lot of different people you're working with, it can get a little chaotic, right? So even with my yeah. podcast, and you guys are listening out there, you know, I have very few sponsors because I'm also sponsoring them in all the things I do. And I believe yeah. in that brand, right? I believe in the brands that I support. So I want right. those to be partnerships, not just sponsorships. So it's a really yeah. different lens looking at that, you know? So. Oh, yeah. I think for me, almost all of the partnerships that I can can name mm -hmm. came from relationships first. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think one of the, the biggest ones that I never knew was going to be there because I initially it was just a friendship. I met Tammy Tilsey mm. at the GPA conference in Atlanta, Georgia, the year that Trump got elected. I don't remember what year that was. Was it 2016? Like 2016 yeah. yeah November the weekend of my birthday November 8th 2016 I was crying at the GPA conference because mm. of the horrible election mm. anyway and Tammy was there and she had a booth for founded technologies which I had never heard of before anyway we just got to talking and she had the caramels she had the most amazing caramels from Montana and she let me take caramel after caramel after caramel I just kept walking by her booth and, um, you know, we chatted, we talked about stuff. At one point she was like, Hey, you should teach a webinar for me sometime. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, I mean, we were just hanging out and talking and I, I literally thought nothing else of it. After we left, I had her card at some point she reached out to me or I reached out to her 
we reconnected. I taught a webinar for her. Then I wrote a blog for them. And over the years, we just kept doing webinars and blogs and webinars and blogs. And we would talk and always have a good time. And then I was like, you know, how else can we partner? And what else can we do? And we really kind of took that. I went and visited the the um, home office they have in Bozeman, Montana. I met a lot of the other team members who I had spoken to before or emailed with, but never met in person. Um, you know, met one of the co-founders of the company and and it was just really awesome. And now, you know, they're the title sponsor for our nonprofit consulting conference. They were literally the first people I thought of. And I was like, you know, I really feel like this is right up the alley of something they're trying to work on growing and us and we've had a relationship for a long time so let me just like ask if they're interested in doing this thing and and it literally just started from being at the same conference and and chatting and getting along mm -hmm. so i think most of my major partnerships over the years have been that way yeah and yeah. and and the thing i love about that just like when i worked in development is even if we're not partnering at some point i feel like i would still keep in touch with tammy yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to lose my friendships I've created because partnerships go away because that happens in business. And I think if you're a good business person, you understand that you can't take mm -hmm. everything like that personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I also feel like, you know, once you get to know someone personally, you really try your best to make the partnership what they need. Like you need to know their must haves so you can help deliver them and vice versa. Like, I don't feel like anybody's trying to take advantage of me in any of my partnerships or any of that kind of thing. And so it's hard to build those authentic relationships sometimes because we're always at a distance now and everything is virtual. And so I think one big takeaway that I've learned from partnerships is learning what you need and what you don't need and what your bandwidth is for partnerships. Mm -hmm. People reach out to me all the time for partnership and I'm like, I really appreciate that, but I, A, I'm not doing that or B, I don't do uh, affiliate marketing and um, I don't have the bandwidth to add another webinar to my series or whatever it is. Yeah. And I try to be really honest with people. Like most people want affiliate marketing when it comes to some kind of business model. Mm -hmm. And I don't do that at right. all. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's very important to know your must has as a, co as a company or as a business owner. Like what do you want to do and what do you not want to do? Yeah. What are you willing to do? And then what do you have to offer? Yeah. That's a big one, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. people just they want to be in your sphere because you have a large audience or a big list or whatever. And it might not make sense for you. Like, I understand why people want to be in the same room with people who have a big list because they want that big list too. But if it doesn't work for you as a business owner, you have to be able to give them the feedback and say, I'm so sorry, but that doesn't really align with what I'm trying to do right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have learned a lot about the things I should be asking that I haven't asked before. Mm -hmm. And and how to evaluate if a partner might be a good fit by talking to other people who have partnered with them or talking to the people they've worked with before. And sometimes that seems kind of rude. Like, can you give me a reference list of people that you've done this kind of thing with before? But I promise you that I will never go into a significant partnership again without doing that. Right. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's really honest, but I love it because it is, you have to vet, you know, like what your partners are and, you know, even talking about people who come to me that want to be a podcast sponsor, like I'm going to go through even their social media. I'm going to see what are their values? What are they really trying to support? What are they doing? Like, do we align, right? Do we yes. align as a business? Because overall, yeah. if I'm supporting you. It's not just your product. I'm supporting you as a brand. Yes. 
And that's huge, right? So it's it's really big because you want to know that you're aligned with that in the long term. Because like you said, relationships, partnerships, they could last long, a really long time. Or, you know, you could be involved with something that you're like, ooh, that didn't really align. And now it can reflect poorly on your brand for quite a while yeah. as well. So yeah. I think asking the tough questions is important. So what kind of questions or what kind of, you know, um, maybe vetting process do you kind of have or what you would recommend? I, you know, it depends on the type of partnership we're talking about, but what I, what I get a lot, and you probably have this experience as well, people either want to be writing a blog on my website, which we don't do. We don't mm -hmm. take guest posts. Um, they want to market to my audience, which also we don't do. Mm -hmm. They want to do some kind of offer me an affiliate thing if I will promote a product to my audience. Again, we don't do that. Um, but the things that I sometimes consider are, can we partner on a webinar? Right. Can I present a webinar to your audience? And you know, I might do two of those a year. Mm -hmm. Usually that's my limit. Um, I think last year it was actually you and Sean Kosofsky mm -hmm. uh, from Mind the Gap Consulting. And this year it's two of the speakers from the nonprofit consulting conference that I'm going to partner with. And part of that is because I know these people and I have relationships with them and I know their content and we've partnered together on other webinars. I've been on their podcasts. I've, you know, participated in stuff. And so I'm ready to introduce them to my audience. And yeah. that's kind of a big deal for me. You know, it's like taking your kid to meet somebody new you want to make sure you vetted them before that happens yeah. and so um great example for me, my dog right mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. um and so I have learned to start asking questions that relate to how is this going to benefit me mm -hmm. right it's really nice to be nice to people but this is a business prospect mm -hmm. so is it going to help me grow my list so I have to ask questions like how big is your list how many of them open your mail? How many people normally attend your webinars? Mm -hmm. How many people register for your webinars? Can I share a lead magnet during the event? Mm -hmm. um, are you going to pay me for the event? Or am I doing this for free? Right. right. Um, and so some of those just very initial questions really tell me, yeah, this is not a good fit. Yeah. Um, why do you want me to present for you? Why do you want to present for me? Because if they don't have like a goal in mind, like I'm trying to grow my email list, this is my goal. And, you know, in my business plan, I'm hoping to get 200 new people on my list from this webinar. Okay, well, that's a very specific goal. And I think that's reasonable. It's the people who come on like, I mean, I don't really have a goal. I just thought it would be fun to collaborate. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, like talk to me about why this seems like a good fit for you. Yeah. What about my audience seems like they would be a good fit? If you're offering something I'm not offering mm -hmm. and it's something that's relative to my list, sure, that makes sense for me, which is specifically why I had you and Sean on last year, because y'all were both doing things I'm not doing. Right. Um, and there are plenty of other things my audience might be looking for that other people do, but you have to come to the person you're presenting with that information. Right. You know? Yeah. And sometimes people will be like, somebody told me you might be good to partner with. Okay, well, what research did you do after that to see like how we might partner and why this might be good? Mm -hmm. I think I think one thing a lot of people don't consider is, and, and you and I've done this a lot because we work with some larger organizations mm -hmm. that have marketing schedules. Yep. And they plan out by the quarter or by six months and they know like we can fill spaces in June or July or at this point September or whatever. But if you're not calling people ahead far, far ahead of time, 
you might not be able to get on their schedule. Right. So it's looking and saying, you know, what are you marketing and when, and does this fit with what I want to do? Um, so those are some of the things that I've learned just mm -hmm. to ask about. And I know that you probably do some different types of partnering than me because you have podcasts. Right. I've only ever been a podcast guest, mm -hmm. but I gather from some of the intake forms, they are asking questions like, what social media do you have? How many followers do you have? Do you have an email list? Will you be willing yeah. to put out a press release? Like I can see the questions that are important mm -hmm. and why they want to know those things. What kind of things have you learned to ask or right. look for? Yeah, and definitely, you know, it's interesting because it's almost like um, as well as I've really gotten to know my list better when I'm thinking about partnering, right? Because then I've done a lot of surveys with y'all out there, all you change makers, right? Like to ask you questions, <laughs> give you incentives though, of course, and, you know, to really understand who you are and what you want to hear, because I'm not going to partner with somebody if you're, my list is telling me we want to hear these certain things and I'm going to go to something totally off base, right? That, yeah, that I'm thinking. So I really have to put myself in the mind of who, you know, is in my list, who's following the podcast, who, you know, and I ask you guys, what do you guys want to hear about? So that gives me really good information then as well to know who would be a good partner for me. And then it gives yeah. me good information to tell them like, if we partner together, these are the types of people that you will be in front of. This is what they're looking for. And then for yep. me to ask them too, what are you looking for? What is your marketing growth you know, schedule for the year? What are things that, you know, is it brand recognition? Is it selling a widget? Is it like, what is yes. it? You know, like I need to know because those yep. are different approaches, right? That have how I can help benefit that part of it, right? So it's, it's yeah. really like, but I'm not going to, just say, hey, buy this thing to my audience, like uh, buy, you know, something for, to boil eggs, like my audience, you know, they don't really yeah. have interest in that. So, yeah. You know. And I know that as you and I look um, at growing the sponsorship for the nonprofit consulting conference, these are the conversations I am currently having with potential sponsors. It's, yep. what are the actual benefits of, somebody asked me that today, what are the actual benefits of sponsorship? And I'm like, well, you know, in my head, I'm only asking people who are providing a service that nonprofit consultants need and want. And I only want the number of sponsors in that area that can meet the need of the audience. So if we have three to 500 consultants, I might need two content creators yeah. or two web developers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have somebody that's, uh, that works in planned giving. That's a very niche market. And yeah. I would feel comfortable with one sponsor in that area. Right. right? Right. Um, so it's thinking through what makes the most sense for the sponsor and can I deliver that thing for them? Yeah. And so I think that that becomes very important when you're thinking through your pitch to have someone to partner with you, but also as you think through the questions to ask when someone approaches you and wants to partner, yeah. like mm -hmm. the thing that I hate and I, and I'm sure everybody that's listening can appreciate this is when you ask someone who has a company to do something for free because they're going to get exposure. Mm. I'm like, exposure does not pay the bills. No. You know, I did that so many years ago that if you want me to speak for you, it's going to cost you money. Yeah. And it should because of the area of expertise that we have grown our businesses to. Absolutely. And so getting out of the mindset of just because you're in a nonprofit that you should get everything for free is part of my conversation with a lot of people about sponsorships. I'm like, yeah, exposure is not that thing. Um, you know, unless we're talking about like, I'm going to be on the Grammys. Right, right, right. Spot. Super Bowl. You know, like commercial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, 
who's watching that that needs our services? Probably right. nobody. Um, <laughs> but, you know, making sure that what you have to offer comes with some value, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, yeah. And, and the other thing is okay, getting involved in something without a written agreement, if it uh, is a major financial investment or yeah. is going to take an exceptionally long period of time, mm-hmm. I would not ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say thinking through all the things that need to be in that agreement, I would reconsider going forward because I have participated in some and I didn't think through it all yeah. clearly and um, would do that in the future. So yeah. just making sure you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's. I love that. And I love that. Look, exactly. Um, contracts too, between partnerships, because yes, you can develop relationships. Yes, you can have personal relationships, but even you and I, I mean, we have we've been doing things together. We have a contract, right? Like it's important to have those things. Even with our speakers, we have contracts with them and yeah. we pay them, right? To <laughs> deliver information. Like, yes. This is, these are part of, and you know, and I I love to, I just want to kind of touch on that free thing that you've been talking about because it is very pervasive out there right now. It's that exposure thing. Do it for free. You get in front of my audience. Um, And, you know, and the thing is, is sometimes audience is not like, I love how you ask more detailed questions because sometimes it's not like, oh, well, I have, you know, 5,000 people on Instagram. So, but it's like, well, how many are really engaged? How many get to your email list? What is your open yes. rate on your email list? Because even if you had 50,000 people on your email list, but your open rate is 2%, like, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely, yes. there's there's things yes. to really think about. Um, so I do like really asking more questions. And sometimes it is just brand recognition and you want to get out there, but then there has to be some kind of reciprocal relationship with it. Right. Well, I'm thinking through like what you just said. Um, If you're going to ask what's your list and what's your open rate, do you know what an average open rate is for our industry? Because if you don't, what good does that knowledge do you? Right. And then a lot of times people will ask to like make a pitch to my audience, which I usually don't do. I'd rather pay people to speak and not pitch. Um, And, but if you're going to make a pitch, finding out like, what does your audience typically spend initially before they engage at a higher level? Like for me, it's always been about three interactions. So they, they either come to or access something for free. Then they come to a low cost thing, like $47 or whatever. And then they're willing to invest in the consulting conference, 197, 297, 397 type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's rare that somebody meets me on a webinar for the first time and is like, I'm going to pay her $3,500 for something, you know, right. like, yeah. and so that's not my audience. My audience doesn't really work that way. They want to kind of get to know you first. Mm-hmm. So making sure that realistic expectations exist between what you can offer and what your audience yes. is going to do. Versus what somebody expects that they can do. I love that. You know, that's that's such a good note. And I have gone into that before without finding that out. So I've definitely done the things we have to do as well. Like, yes, and that's how I learned how to do some things, right? But it was about that too. And it was like, oh, it's just going to be the first time ever in front of my audience. So completely just cold, right? And then and then going straight into a pitch, which was like four figures. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that they don't even know you yet. So it's like the one touch to get to there. And it's not exactly how I operate either. So it was a little bit, it didn't really work out that well, right? From what yeah. their goals and intentions were, because I didn't realize the onboarding and just kind of the relationship building, right? And how they yeah. process through that. 
So it was very And I remember there's a couple of like master classes out there, cohorts, mastermind, whatever's that teach this whole pitching model uh-huh. where you teach for a short period of time and then you pitch something and then you teach for a short period of time. And then like the last 15 minutes of a webinar are all pitch. And mm-hmm. I'm like, honestly, if you did that to my audience, they would all be off the webinar like immediately because my audience is not used to being pitched at. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of our marketing positions is that this is not a pitchy series. We don't pitch during the series, none of that stuff. So I tell people like, if you come on and spend more than five minutes pitching to my audience, they'll just disconnect because right. they're not used to that. They're and that's not, not what they it. come for. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people use that model. I'm very familiar with it. And I tell people, let me see your slide deck first. And if like the last 10 slides are all, you know, I know what that pitch slide looks like. I'm like, yeah. you can't do that with an audience or they'll just disconnect with you. Yeah. And, and it throws people off and they're like, I'm going to have to completely rethink this. And I'm like, no, you just have to actually add content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you have to talk about what you're here to talk about. Um, and so I think knowing your audience in that way, and, and again, a lot of people that have new businesses don't know this stuff yet mm-hmm. because they haven't cultivated their audience at that point yet. They haven't had the time. Right. It's just things to know and pay attention to, you know, a lot of yeah. times you don't think about it, but if you're, if you're thinking about it as you're doing it, be like, Oh, I'm seeing some trends here. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I think for the longest time, the trend was about this many came to my webinar or registered for the webinars. 50% showed up mm-hmm. and then whatever was the pitch 11% bought mm-hmm. that was that was the trend and it was fairly consistent mm-hmm. and so then I could say you know this is our goal right and if we get there this should be the number online in person and this should be about how many if you have a decent like thing they want this is about how many you should be able to get yeah and um, that takes some time to learn I think it does it takes a lot of data to track and then because you're always going to you know, it also depends on how you're marketing the event, if you're changing those things up on the front end, right? So it's like, it really, yeah, it's like, it, you can have data, but there's so many variables. So to understand what those variables are, and to yeah. know from the person you're going to partner with, what theirs is as well, what, you know, what, because yeah. you need to know that as well. And if they don't have the data, and they're not really sure, it's more high risk in a way, right, for you to enter that relationship, so it's just, and are you following back up with that person to say, Hey, thanks. As a result of your webinar, this is how many people booked into my thing, or right. this is how many of these things I sold. Like, do they have a link specific to your event so that you can get that report from them to know, was it worth my time to help them with this thing? Did it, did it produce the results they needed? I find very, very rarely mm-hmm. do people follow back up with me on that. Um, I get it sometimes, but n- not all the time. Right. Right. And that, that is good to know because then you know, right. And, and the other thing you talked about too, is like, this can be, you know, partnerships. So it can help you grow your list. It can help you get brand recognition. It can do that on a very um, different level because you're working with somebody that already has that trust developed with that target yeah. with that market. Right. So it, it can be something that's really good, but it is just to watch out for these things and to know what your goals are with that too. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely something. And just to talk, I just want to just talk a little bit about affiliates because you mentioned it and it is a huge, it's hugely popular, right? As far as like that. And I I actually, when I talked to you, I was like, oh, you're one of the the few people I know that's not doing it, right? You know what I mean? So, because I do some affiliate marketing here and there, although I'm even starting to enter more into just long-term partnership um, 
collaborations, right? Because it just makes more sense to me um, in, in a lot of different ways. And I'm not sure if that's going to change. I don't know if the affiliation is just going to take over or what, <laughs> but can you just talk about like, and basically if you guys are, don't really know, but it's basically like if I had a product and Mandy had an affiliate link, she would get a certain percentage for every product sold or service sold yep. um, that she did for her list. Right. So it's a way to say, Hey, let's not put skin in the game up front as far as money, maybe, but it'll be paid off in the long run if you work it. Right. Yeah. Basically. So. so for me, I have cultivated an audience that is used to me not pitching mm -hmm. and we don't have any marketing on our website. There's no ads. There's no pop-ups. There's nothing at all ever. We're one of the rare ones that doesn't do that. Um, but I also find that my personal theory is if I do affiliate marketing and my, my clients and my followers know it, they're always going to wonder, is Mandy telling us this thing because she wants us to buy it because she's going to get money? Or does she really feel like this is the best? Or does she really feel like this is what we should use? Mm -hmm. And so I always tell people, this is what I use. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you to use it or not. Or I tell people, like when I do grant research webinars, mm -hmm. I tell them about Foundation Directory Online because there are places across the country to access it for free. Mm -hmm. There are libraries around the country yeah, where you can go get it, right? Mm -hmm. I use Foundation Directory Online. I have a paid subscription, but I have no affiliate marketing with them. I get literally nothing. And I'm telling you how to go find it for free. That's the reason why I share it with people. Because like, I'm not going to tell you something you yeah. have to go out and buy in order to use. Yeah. Like if I'm showing you a template, it's because we have a free one and you can download it from our website. I may also mention we have a paid one as well, but I'm never going to show you how to do something. That's one of our things is we, we tell people what to do and show them how to do it, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to show you how to do something that you have to buy yeah. the product. for. That's not the way we roll. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's always been sort of that, like, I'd never want people to think I'm only telling you about this because I get money. Right. My, my web developer, Ann and I are doing a webinar in an upcoming group of consulting webinars. And we're talking about the systems and tools funding for good uses. Right. Mm -hmm. I get emails all the time from people like, how do you set this up? And how do you use your checkout? And what, you know, what platforms do you use for this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, huh, like, I don't care to tell people, but I don't yeah. know how to answer all the tech questions. So Anne's going to come on. And in the description, I've even said, I don't do any affiliate marketing. I'm not telling you to buy any of these products. I'm just saying, this is what we use. Right. I'm going to tell you what we used to use and why we switched. And, you know, as we grew, we needed to go to a bigger system. And this is, this is the one my web developers familiar with, you know what I mean? Like whatever the reason is yeah. and why we use it. And we're even going to be like, this is great about that thing. This is not so great, but yeah. we're dealing with it. Or this system sucks. We just haven't found a better one yet or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's yeah. literally, it's a free webinar. So I'm not making anything off of it, but I'm also not making anything on any of the products that we products. use as a company right. ever. Like right. I don't have time to manage that stuff. Right. People right. used to send me that. Like, I have a conference. Will you share it? Here's a link. You can get money. And I'm like, uh, I'll just yeah. share the conference. Like people thing. register. <laughs> awesome. And that's the other thing is I want people to know that when I refer them to a company, it's because I think that company does great work. Yeah. If it's a consultant, it's because I think that consultant is an amazing grant writer or an amazing whatever, not because of any other reason. And yeah. so some people are like, will you refer me for this? And I'm like, not until I get to know you better or until yeah. I've seen your work product or until I've worked with you. And I think that that becomes very important because yeah. if I ask for referrals, I want people to tell me people they've actually had experiences with. So I try to do the same.
And, and you know, and even talking about our sponsors for the nonprofit consulting conference, because some people, well, you work with sponsors there, but a lot of them yep. we know, <laughs> like we have exactly. relationships with, yep. and we know their products and their services, so we can be like, okay, I, and we use a lot of them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly, and we use them. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and you know, I mean, and and so that's even another thing. Like, I think we take that concept over into our conference because yes. we don't allow sponsors to be presenters. Yep. And we don't allow presenters to pitch. Yep. So we really, really try to bring authentic content to people all the time and give you the platform for what it is you need. If you're a sponsor, you'll have commercial opportunities. Mm -hmm. You'll have abilities to share downloads with people. You'll have those opportunities. But as a speaker, you're getting paid to speak. You're not getting paid to pitch. Yep. Yep. So we try to be very, very clear in our contracts and understandings when people come on about that. We do not sell our list. There is literally nothing Funding for Good has ever done that anybody accessed our list as a result of it. If anybody was on someone else's list, it's because they signed up for a lead magnet. They signed up for a free thing and they got on that person's list that way. We did not give that name to anybody. And I feel like we do the exact same with the conference. Yeah. So we're very respectful of people's privacy. And again, I think things like that need to be clearly explained when you go into partnerships. Yeah, because we could have came into this with completely different expectations and, you know, and and just understanding like what that's going to be like, like one of us might have thought, okay, automatically we're going to give that list away to all of our sponsors. We had to actually discuss that and be like, this is a policy we're not going to have, right? And we had to both come into terms with that and say, okay, these are things that we agree upon and be very clear on those things because otherwise they could just be assumptions, if you will, because they are so rampant in the industry. But because we're very, you know, attuned to what we want to deliver at the conference, we don't want to be constant pitching, all of the speakers just pitching. We don't want all of that. We want to have content so people can relax and enjoy the content, right? Um, And yes, we'll have sponsors there and we'll have some commercials and that sort of thing. But it's because here, here's some products that are available. If you want more information, check it out, right? So, and I think, and we do know affiliate marketing as well. So we're not giving people partial sales of tickets they sell and all of that because we want to be very authentic, right? So I think really thinking about that, just because there's a current model, maybe, you know, affiliates are really a common model right now. It doesn't mean you have to do that if it doesn't align with who you are. And if it does align with you and you think that's great, do it, right? That's the other thing too, but know what you're getting into. And, and know what, and create those types of contracts. So I think I love that, Mandy. I love that you're talking about, here's some things that I've learned. Definitely have contracts available. Definitely know what your goals are in partnerships. And, you know, know and do some vetting on who wants to partner with you and who you want to partner. So before you even and reach you out, know, check them out. Another thing I'll say is, as you build authentic relationships with people, mm-hmm. if you aren't a person that does affiliate marketing or don't want to get into that, um, I always find that it is exceptionally appreciated when people are just gracious for a referral. Like I have a person that I refer people to all the time that has literally never sent me a thank you note or anything, right? They say thank you when I talk to them, but it's never been like a thank you. And then sometimes people will, I had one person who I'd never met before made two referrals for me. I, I was like, people email me like, so-and-so gave me your name and said, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? I'd never met this person, right? Mm-hmm. From the consulting conference, actually. And so I sent her a Starbucks gift card. And I was like, you know what? Even though they don't turn into clients, just thank you for the referral. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. People don't mind being appreciated. Right. You know, I'm always about some hot chocolate. So I think there are plenty of ways 
to have quality partnerships, mm -hmm. even if it's, and you can make referrals for people and those people can be appreciative without having to be an affiliate. And yeah. so I practice that a lot. I try to let people know like, Hey, I, I got a client from you. And I just want to say, thank you. Here's a $50 Amazon gift card or here's a whatever, you know? Yes. And I think things like that kind of get left at the wayside these days because people aren't used to doing that anymore. Yeah. And people assume, well, if they don't want an affiliate link, then they just don't care. And that's not necessarily the case. People yeah. still like to be appreciated, but there are a lot of ways to do that. Oh, I love that. And yes, I have received gift card from you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and you know, it's a that, little hard to get infusion gift cards, but it's possible. <laughs> it is. You definitely made it happen. So I was super excited about that. And and yeah, and just those cards and those coming on. And you know, I was talking to one guy, uh, Tim uh, Francis, and he was saying, you know, just he likes to get on calls with people and just do a referral call. You know, let's sit down, hammer out who we know, who we think each other might want to know. And then just refer people the good old fashioned way like that, but on Zoom, right? <laughs> That's so good old yeah. fashioned. But it's more about just like, you know, who could benefit your business? What are your goals? And who do I know that could help you? And then do you know people? And then that personal reference is huge. It's amazing. You can't yeah. compete with it, you know? So I love that approach as well as just like, how can we help each other, yeah. right? Well, and I always ask people, like recently I've been getting an influx of grant writing requests, which mm -hmm. we don't do anymore as a company really. And so I have a couple of people here locally that I refer people to, but like some of them are capacity because I've referred so many people to them and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to expand my list of referrals. So I've called a couple of people. I'm like, hey, what are you looking for in, in grant writing clients? You want long-term, short-term, federal grants, not federal grants based in a certain state, national, international you know, like tell me who your ideal clients are. And and it's funny, every single person I've talked to has had a different set of parameters for who they want. So now when I talk to people, I'm like, okay, tell me a little bit about this and that. And are you looking at this or that or blah, blah, blah. So I can figure out who the right person is to send them to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's also really helpful. Like, don't just assume because you think this company does this thing, right? Right. Like I've right. never sent a grant writing client to you because I feel like you're not really doing the writing all the time yeah. anymore. You're doing- You asked me before and I was like, nope. Yeah. Right. And so like, I know the other things you're doing, but it has to be like, obviously the people referring people to me for grant writing don't know I don't do that anymore, but they know me because that's what I used to do. Right. My company used to do that. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to them. And I never, I just say thank you all the time and make the referral. But um, yeah, I think that's very important too. When you go to start referring people, know what it is their business goals are yes. and check back in with them occasionally because those things change. Or maybe they're like, we're capacity. I, I'm now turning people away. Because you don't want to keep referring people to somebody that everybody's always like, they never take me when I call or whatever. Right, right. No, I love that. And I, I love this conversation so much because it's so needed. And, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, I'm just going to partner. And it, they don't really think through this process. They don't think through, right, really, because there has to be a lot of meaning behind partnering. And same thing, I get a lot of people just want to come on the podcast all the time. And it's like, I have to really ask a lot of questions and they have to answer questions and they have to go through a vetting process because yep. it really has to make sense for the listeners out there. Yes, I'm keeping watching you guys <laughs> to, to, you know, like to deliver <laughs> the content. gatekeeper. Yeah, the gatekeeper. So um, definitely, and that's important, right? To have be your gatekeeper. So you need to learn how to do that through partnerships. And so I know that this is going to help so many of you guys out there to really find really good, it's just kind of like finding a good fit grant, right? 
like instead of just like sending out like a hundred two page solicitations, right? But to actually take yeah. the time and do some research and find grants that are a good fit. Same thing with partners. Take the extra time. It's totally going to be well worth it. And do, you know, find out what is my vetting process? What what are my goals with partnering, et cetera? And you're really going to find some relationships that could last you a lifetime. So it's really awesome. But anything else, Yana, um, any other tips on partnerships before we close out today, Mandy? No, but I do have one thing that I ju literally just dawned on me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're going to remember this. Do you remember reaching out to me the first year you reached out to me? I do. You asked me about doing a webinar with me and, and you what said I told you. You said, I don't think we're ready to do that yet, but I'll, I'll reach yes, out to you later. And I thought, I'm never going to hear from you. totally forgot yet. about that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you did. And you reached back out to yep. me yep. Hey. when I told you. And we had the conversation about what exactly I thought would be a great fit. And you were ready at that point And yep. you presented it. And we partnered. But yep. you were persistent. And you took exactly what I said to heart. And you followed back up with me. Yep. And look at where we are today. I did. I, I, I forgot story. about that until just now. When we started this conversation, I totally forgot about that. How funny. Yeah. And that's just wow. that I did reach out to Mandy. We had done something collaborative on a bigger level with a bunch of people. And I thought, I want to want you uh, to reach or to connect with you more. And you're like, and you asked me a lot of those vetting questions. And at that time, I was just a couple years into my business just starting online. And I just wasn't at a place that made sense for you. And you said, but this is what would make sense for me. So I was like, okay, well, those are totally my goals anyway. So as I plugged along and then it came back, yeah, look at me. <laughs> so, wow. I yeah. totally forgot about that. Oh, that's so yeah. yeah. And then we met several people in the same circle and you did some things with some other people and you grew your list a little and you got, yes. Yeah. But it was about, cause wow, that's, I, that's I a perfect to circle for the end of this conversation today. I love it. I love it. So yeah, so you guys, that's just to say, even if you're not at that point yet, and that partner might say no now, you know, don't like, like, think about what your goal is. And if you really believe, no, I think it would be a good connection, but maybe you're just not there yet. Work on it, right? It does, all these things take time. None of these things are overnight, right? So definitely keep working at it. Keep growing your partnerships and really, you know, really think about what makes sense. And even if they say no today, like Maddie said a long time ago, like it can definitely change. So I love that so much. I love that full circle. Yay. <laughs> All right. So if you guys want to find out more about the nonprofit consulting conference, you guys are definitely want to go because we get deep into these types of things, lessons learned. All of the people that are presenting do the work. So I just want to say that they are all consultants. They've been in this rodeo for a long time and they are really bringing their expertise and their level and their experiences to the table to share with you. And that is the way we can really grow together. So I love that. Um, once again, our, our, our conference, the Nonprofit Consulting Conference, August 23rd, 24th, our presenting title sponsor is Founded Technologies. And Manny's talking about that long-term relationship. We also have grants, uh, Easy Management Software, Brains and Bronze, Essential Bookkeeping Solutions, and Boomerang. So we're really excited about all of your, our sponsors and all of you guys coming to the conference. Please do check it out. You guys are going to be blown away. Thank you again, Mandy. And where can people find you? Um, they want to reach out to you. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast and we'll see you at the next conference.
I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode today with Mandy Pierce. Super excited to have her on the show again and also to partner with her for the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. We are getting close. That is on August 23rd and August 24th, 2023. But June 30th, our early bird pricing ends. So if you want to save 100 bucks off tickets, go ahead and go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 277. You'll definitely get a link there as well as find out more about Mandy and how you can get a hold of her. As always, thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. And if you loved it, please do me a favor. Jump over to iTunes real quick or your podcast player and leave a review. It really does help the algorithms and for people to be able to find this amazing podcast that we produce every single week. With a ton of energy and a ton of love to help you grant writers increase your skills and start a successful business with you. All right, I'll talk to you soon and I will see you at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference.